Hi guys, the following episode of Chisky Pop contains mature language and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Kyu peeti ho cigarette? Doodh peene ki umar nahi hai meri. This is Pappu and this is Sweetie and you're listening to Chisky Pop your bi-weekly dose of all things sexy, desi, funny and filmy. For this month's Aaj ka kabootar episode number 61 for the month of September. Our top stories include those connected to the Me Too movement. Sweetie and I will talk about the redemption of male comics and later on sweetie gives us her roundup of all the shows and movies on her fall must watch list but before that we have our much coveted show the bindi aka show the lady finger award to give away the recipient of which is a dynamic woke and very talented young woman tune in to find out everyone how are you doing papuri i'm good and how have you been i'm good and i also wanted to wish all our listeners a very happy september y'all yeah it's the season of fall papu the weather is cooler over here at least the leaves are changing color very slowly they're turning yellow oh. but this is also pumpkin spice latte season and it is also yes chopra season mohabbate we have declared this yashtopra season that's <gasps> yes, right yes yes last year i think we were talking about that <laughs> so papu you have been out and about this summer you had a really good summer i think a lot of changes happened for you and uh, you know how's life been as an unemployed woman so far is it working for you uh, it was going? fun like i mentioned in our last episode uh, i'm i got to spend my honeymoon period that happy time when you're just between jobs in the sense like Well, not between jobs between jobs like we've uh, ended one and you're just waiting for the other one to start uh, so you have all the time uh, in fact during this time uh, i happened to go on a trip with my friends to cyprus uh, so we went to we stayed in aya napa uh, the party central city and uh, this was a bachelorette wow. so it was a bunch of us like uh, almost eight of us and uh, it was mixed so it was guys and girls and but all of them like some of them were married but they came you know just by themselves not with the our other halves so one spouse told the other spouse i'm going to travel to another european country by myself to go for a bachelor party <laughs> ooh so did anything naughty happen did any strippers show up mm. give us some dirty stuff oh, i wish the there was a story like that i wish there was like a story of of something crazy happening i think uh, the best part of the trip was on the party boat um so ooh. if you're yeah if you're familiar with cyprus uh, you know they have these party boats which are like almost like a 4 hour almost like a 4 hour brunch 
where there's booze, there's, um, there are, um, there is like a stripper show, but it's like male gigolos basically. And they have like these drinking games and there is like this. Hold on a second. Wait, I've never heard of this party boat. Okay. So this is a thing that people have. Yes. You eat all day and then you just glazed over the male gigolo part. So hang on. Uh, this is part of the party boat or it's something that you can ask for? It is part of the party boat. It's part of the attraction that's happening there, but uh, I, this is my second time, and trust me, that was not very appealing the last time. Like, there was this guy who's really old, and oh, I oh. I was kind of transfixed in that place where I'm like, okay, I, I can't move right now. No. I mean... I, it sounds dramatic. I want to go to the lower deck, and it's like, you know, when you're smiling and having fun and laughing, and suddenly your smile stays, like, very wooden and sticks to your face, because you're like, oh, uh, okay, what's happening now? I didn't... I. I was too drunk to realize that it, the, he's doing like a stripping show. I just thought he's just like fooling around and, you know, getting people to drink and stuff like that. Oh, God, Papu, I kind of want to give you a hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. no no shade to to men that like would strip, but something about male strippers to for straight women can sometimes be a little horrifying if the guy isn't like was, Channing Tatum. It was a right? little sad because he was... Um, you know, he's older, so you you can see that he's seen better days. Like, there's a comb over on his bald area. and No, no. <laughs> you watched a stripper with a comb over? No, no. Just don't. No, that guy's cancelled. He's cancelled for life. Okay, sorry. Okay, now that, like, I feel like I want to cry now. Okay, so let's just, like, forget that you ever experienced mm. this. But there were, like, a lot of, uh, I mean, on, on the top deck, it was uh, a sausage fest. There were too many guys, and uh, guys just, like, come up in your face. But uh, they find Indian women very hot, so you get a lot of compliments. First of all, let me just talk about Papu's level of hotness. I was getting all these pictures from her. What the hell? How are you getting hotter and hotter every no, single day? I'm not the hottest person in the group, but of course. What do you mean you weren't? The, you were as pataka status as anyone over there. Like wow! First of all, you looked gorgeous, so I'm not surprised that people kept coming up to you. I love how you give me compliments. I love it. Thank you. Oh yeah, the words of affirmation. Shout out to our last love language yes, episode. Yes, yes, yes. I jumped into the sea, which was really, really blue, Mediterranean Sea. It's so blue, like your eyes hurt. It's so beautifully blue. I mean, the sea is the best part of Cyprus. I know what you mean. I've seen that um, when we went to Istanbul. I know that rich yeah. blue that you're talking about. It's um, electric, yeah. royal blue, deep royal blue. Uh, how? What was that like? I've never jumped into the sea. You know, I really wish I could swim. I could be one of those people who were just like jumping from the top deck. Right, Papu and, doesn't uh, swim. This is one of the first things I learned about this girl when we first met, which I was like, you don't swim? Because I pretty much grew up in the water, so it's very like fascinating. <laughs> so how did you not drown when you jumped off a boat into the sea if you can't I, swim? I uh, had one of those, um, you know, rings which are attached, which you kind of oh, throw okay, to... Good people who are drowning so I kind of had those and I jumped <laughs> okay well go Papu sounds wild so uh, on the street of Ayanapa there are lots of open clubs with like music spilling out but you know it's uh, man the amount of uh, girls that I saw over there they're wearing like real these hot hot pants like these 
which where half of your butt is sticking out. I love it. They're just like, I feel very conscious about my body then. Like, oh my God, they're so hot. I couldn't stop staring at their butt. I was like... You see a lot of that here too, though. A lot of uh, girls with their really short shorts with their booties hanging out. It can be very cute. Yeah, it is very cute. But I wish, you know, I could carry it off as well as them. But uh, really hot people, really hot guys. Um, definitely a party place. But uh, I'm excited about next year. It'll be your bachelorette. I was thinking drag show. That would be awesome. We can totally like rent out an entire like club and then just have our very own like drag fashion show or something. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, yes. And then we get on stage I... and have our like RuPaul oh moment. Like... We should totally go to Bangkok and have one of the lady boys shows and then you can get up on the stage and dance, you know. I, I love how the, the, the budget for my wedding keeps piling up, just keeps piling up. I keep adding like <laughs> more and more thousands to it because now apparently the, more thing. the trend is photo booths. So I have to figure out like, oh my God, photo booths are a thing in weddings. <gasps> now so in my day when I grew up wow. you didn't have any of this nakra photo you booths. just you just had one a few stations for food and then one station for kulfi that not anymore now it's like it's turning into this I actually got nervous one of my friends last night was telling me how I need to make it very impressive and show off and I'm like <laughs> but I want to dance to hotline bling we want to do like a waltz to hotline bling that's our song and then I guess my dreams have been crushed now because now everyone is telling me that the wedding isn't for me. It's just for my fa- our families. So I'm sad. No, you should definitely make it for you. I mean, there are parts of the wedding that are for the family, like maybe the more somber religious parts or whatever it is. And then you get to have your fun during the cocktails where you get to do it your way. Uh, no one has a say in that. And also, uh, you'd mentioned last time that uh, you're going to have a no children policy at your wedding, right? Did I say that? Did I, I did say that. I, but did I, did I acknowledge that out publicly on this forum? I don't remember if I did that. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, sometimes I forget <laughs> things that you, you would have told me and not on the podcast, on record. But, okay, that was one of the suggestions. Suggestions? Okay. I think it's happening. I, I want like, not, okay, so the, initially I was like a no child wedding, but then I was like, all my goddamn girlfriends are like either knocked up or have like one year olds. So I'm like, okay, well, I can't be a jerk about <laughs> it now. <laughs> well, it's like that time now, right? Like all the women I know are marrying fast and like immediately having babies because they're like, oh my God, the time's running out. It's time. It's time. So um, I'm going to have... Yeah. Um, You're like the rabbit and Alice in Wonderland. Basically. I just don't want kids during the ceremony when I walk down the aisle because the attention has to be on me, me alone. I plan to probably be airlifted oh, down. My God. Yes. Are you are you inspired by the I'll walk in crazy rich Asians? Oh wait, wasn't that the water one? That was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can be that extra, but I am very extra. Papa. <laughs> I'm very extra, and it's scary. But me. Uh, Chinese weddings are pretty extra, you know. Sometimes I've never uh, been to one. they're like dropped from the sky, and are I don't they know, as extra as desis? Like, is this just an Asian thing? Do we not know the uh, uh, you know the art of subtlety at all? Yeah, you are so right. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So that's that's. The state of the wedding now i'm just trying to find a dj like a, a white dj versus a desi dj the white djs are really painful because <laughs> the music tastes are really boring and from the 80s and then the desi djs terrify me because it's a f-ing edm concert you know where it's like are you ready to f-ing party 
and then the song says DJ Kunal. You know, it's like, like why is it so over the top? I need, I need. Can you guys please help me? Is there anybody out there that's like got a half Desi, half white people wedding where I don't scare either side of them with the music yeah. choices? Maybe. <laughs> what about female DJs? Like I've been looking into DC that. DJ. I have been looking into some. I would love to have that, but I want somebody who's like cool, like a cool like DJ. Like I don't want a cheesy douchey DJ. It's hard to not find DJs that are douchebags. No offense to any DJs that are listening, <laughs> but you guys have like a douchey air to you. You must know this, right? <laughs> oh my god yeah all right so that's pretty much it for our updates guys um before we jump into the next segment i wanted to just um i just wanted to mention that the funeral of aretha franklin happened last friday uh the queen of soul has left this earth she had like a six hour long musical funeral in her honor, Papu, like ranging from singers and musicians like Chaka Khan. Ariana Grande was there. Jennifer Hudson was there. Yeah. Bill Clinton was there for crying out loud. So it was insane. Did, did you uh, happen to catch a glimpse of the funeral at all? I saw little clips of it on social media, but uh, yeah, and I... I think uh, this is what she had wanted, right? I think she'd mentioned this in one of her interviews where she said that she wanted her death to be like a celebration, like there should be just lots of music and joy. Um, And uh, that's what she got because it was a huge party. It was, like you said, six hours long and uh, some amazing performances. So... Did did you uh, particularly like like any performance that? Uh, I mean, I I liked Ariana Grande's performance. She sang like a, a, what's it called? I think you make me feel like a natural woman. <gasps> Dangerous woman. No, no, did no. she change it up? Sorry, you don't know what Aretha Franklin's songs are right now. I'm gonna edit this oh, out because yeah. I'm gonna spank you. Aretha Franklin's one of her most famous songs is "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman," mm. and uh, Ariana Grande sang that at oh, her funeral. Okay, because Ariana Grande's song is called uh, "Dangerous Woman." <laughs> no, no, no. Can you imagine if she sang her own song at the funeral? That would be so bad. No, no, no. So, wait, wait Papu, have you ever listened to uh, Aretha Franklin's music? Like, is there any particular song of yours? I just know Respect. Oh, you're one of those. You're one of those people that's on the surface, on the yeah. outside of soul music. No problem, no problem. She was made famous for that song, but I think Otis Redding or somebody initially came out with it, but she had her own rendition. Okay. But she's got, like, so many so many songs that she sang like um what's that one chain of fools and again you know like the song ariana grande sang make me feel like a natural woman mm-hmm. one of my personal favorites is drown in my own tears okay. i just i loved her blues her bluesy music has always been like my favorite like her earlier sad songs mm-hmm. like r-e-s-p-e-c-t respect is like her most upbeat i love her very very sad sad songs so um, I'm so so upset that she's passed away, but you know it was nice to have this legend on Earth with us for as long as we had her for because her voice is like a totally legendary, like a nightingale. So yeah, yeah. Just wanted to say, you know, R.I.P. Aretha Franklin. We miss you. Thank you for uh, bestowing us with your beautiful, beautiful voice. Mm. And um, let's take a quick uh, music break. We'll play some of her music and maybe a few words from the funeral. And then we will jump back to our next segment. All right, Papu? Yeah. Sound good? Yeah.
in all of its hope and heart, its boldness and its unmistakable beauty. In the example she set both as an artist and a citizen, Aretha embodied those most revered virtues of forgiveness and reconciliation. While the music she made captured some of our deepest human desires, namely affection and respect. And through her voice, her own voice, Aretha lifted those of millions, empowering and inspiring the vulnerable, the downtrodden, and everyone who may have just needed a little love. It was a dark Sunday night in South Carolina, yet when it's real dark, the stars shine most clearly. That night a star was born. Somewhere between Nashville and eternity, we heard a voice from heaven, 14 years old. Aretha was our queen. She belonged and belongs to us. She was blessed to have the powerful gift of singing, perhaps the most remarkable voice, unique the world has ever heard. Moving on to the next segment, you know what time it is. Ooh. It's time for this week's Show the Lady Finger Award, or like how we like to call it, Show the Bindi Show Award. Bindi. Yes. Yes, yes. So, Papu, can you quickly mm-hmm. give our new listeners a refresher on what the Show the Lady Finger, Show the Bindi Award is? Of course. So, this is an award that we'd like to give on a periodic basis, and the recipient of this award, a male or female, can be uh, someone who has done something which is almost like sticking a proverbial finger up in the face of patriarchy. So it's by starting a conversation, contributing in any way to further the the cause of feminism and spreading awareness. And this week's Show the Bindi Award goes to Amandla Sternberg. Ooh. Yes, yes. For those of you who don't know who she is, uh, she is a 19-year-old African-American actress and she's also an activist. Now, you may remember her in certain roles where she she was in The Hunger Games and other indie films that where she would find her in As You Are, in Everything, Everything, and the highly anticipated The Hate You Give. Sternberg considers herself an intersectional feminist and is outspoken about her political views in interviews and on social media. And she was named Feminist of the Year in 2015 by the Miss Foundation for Women. So I think she's totally overdue for a Show the Bindi Award because she has been like since out of the womb been this vocal, I think, about her views. And I picked her because of her recent interview with the Variety magazine. Uh, so what is it that really caught your eye? Why did, uh, what did she say in the interview? So she kept it very real, very, very real. Okay. And in this particular article, what I really was um, impressed by, she talked about how she benefits from being a lighter skinned black woman in the entertainment business. 
I think this is this. Okay. I mean, That's bear with me, listeners. Pretty self-aware. Very self-aware. And and I reason I want to mention this is because it'll tie into our own Desi culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to read directly from the article. Uh, you guys can also he- read her full thing on Variety.com. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm just going to quote. Yeah. So oh, by the way, Amanda Stenberg, if you haven't seen her, she's very light skinned. Okay. Cause she's like, she is black, but her skin is like Papu skin, you know, like very Papu. It's like on the wheatish side of uh, lighter skin. Wheatish. So <clears throat> as one of the only biracial young actresses on studio shortlist, I feel the pressure to do the right thing. When Marvel comes knocking for Black Panther a few years ago, she agreed to an audition, but eventually chose not to pursue the role of Shuri because she believed a darker-skinned actress should play the breakout part that went to Letitia Wright. Wow. That was not a space that I should have taken up, and it was exhilarating to see it fulfilled by people who should have been a part of it and who deserved it and who were right for it. I just wasn't. Amanda Stenberg is motivated to work on projects that open more doors for women of color. She talks about how the media often lumps her in with two other biracial actresses, Yara Shahidi from Mm -hmm. Gronish and Zendaya from Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm. Something interesting has happened with me and Yara and Zendaya. This This is so important, this part. There's a level of accessibility of being biracial that has afforded us attention in a way that I don't think would have been afforded to us otherwise, she says. Me and Yara and Zendaya are perceived in the same way because we are lighter-skinned black girls and we fill this interesting place of being accessible to Hollywood and accessible to white people in a way that darker-skinned girls are not afforded the same privilege. Wow. Damn. That is... Wow. Jeez, amazing. So, yeah, mic drop. So the I, I, reason I wanted to give her this award and I wanted to read out this article was because, um, don't you think this applies to Bollywood too, Papu? Like, I mean, this is so prevalent in what happens in our own culture. You know, us Desis, mm-hmm. we love fetishizing light skin and white people, you know? So, I mean, can you imagine, like, can you imagine living in a world where Actresses like Katrina Kaif, Aishwarya Rai, or Alia Bhatt would ever even consider saying something this woke? That is true. That is so true. And also when you talk about the international stage, like uh, I remember back in early 2000 and late 90s, everyone was so excited about uh, Aishwarya Rai breaking into Hollywood, you know, Indian actress. Yeah. But when you think about it, she has does not have Indian features, typical Indian features. You know, nope. she is light-skinned, light-eyed. So it is definitely easier for her to get into Hollywood than uh, someone who is, let's say, like Nandita Das or someone who's so typically Indian. Um, and exactly. the fact that this comes from a girl where she's saying no to the money, no to the big, um, the fame that it would bring because of her values, having that integrity at that age is really oh. remarkable. And um, it's it's amazing that uh, the younger generation has gives like shows so much promise and so much of a backbone than I know people who are older. Like if you think about it, like they've been uh, this Hollywood has done a lot of whitewashing for so there have been like mm-hmm. for example and Bollywood yeah Bollywood, Bollywood. also. Um, you see the top actresses right now. There is there is a very limited skin tone range that goes there. You know, you, uh, most of the, and also the kind of body type also, you know, they're all tend to look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't think of anyone who's like a darker skinned 
uh, Indian actress in a mainstream movie, in a Bollywood movie right now? I would say Radhika Apte, to me, is getting there. She's a yeah. little darker skinned and has very desi features. Um, so I'm happy to see her kind of breaking in, but she still is like very slim and all yeah, that stuff. But like still, at least it's nice to see that variety. pretty, seen as pretty. So I mean, but still, I yeah. mean, the light skin privilege mm-hmm. that prevails in Bollywood is disgusting and shameful. They, the people are actually like just shameful about it with the with the white Eastern European dancers in our in our music that videos and true. all this rubbish that we see. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> I wanted to mention this because I'm really looking forward to this conversation this bigger conversation happening within our own culture mm-hmm. where lighter skinned actresses actually speak out about this because I know that darker skinned women have been talking about this forever yeah but again no one listens to them no one listens to them no one takes them seriously uh as some as me I'm I'm like browner too you know and I grew up with like people making fun of my skin tone and I just it's a horrible feeling it's an awful feeling and every time I'd, I'd let them I'd let them know how it hurt me it never mattered mm-hmm. that my feelings were hurt so anyway yeah. uh, I really just wanted to give this much coveted award to Amanda Stenberg for really being vocal about this and I really hope that in the future more lighter skinned women just like this will talk about this you know more and and put it in the spotlight because it yeah. deserves to be we deserve to see more diversity when it comes to the women that we see on screen this F- is a hell. beautiful example of using your power and position to um give the platform share the platform to someone um who is more diverse so uh she's done an amazing thing so yeah papu the kids are pretty all right eh I'm very happy for the future of these these wonderful new children. Take us to the new horizon, kids. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So congratulations to Amanda Stenberg for winning this much-coveted Just Keep Up Award. Guys, please check out her movies. If you haven't already, you can find them on Netflix. And, of course, if you've seen The Hunger Games, you can see her. Yeah. All right. So that is it for the show, The Bindi segment. Before we jump into the meat and potatoes, let's take a quick music break, okay? Yes. to the other news stories that we have. So, Papu, what is in the headlines for today? What is what, what do we have for September? What's what's the craziness going on? Unfortunately, we're going to start off with two stories connected to the Me Too movement. Now, the very first story is the one that has Asia Argento in it. She was in the news for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. She was among, as you know, she was one of the first women to accuse the now disgraced movie mogul uh, Weinstein of sexual misconduct and she opened the doors to a lot mm-hmm. of other women coming forward and having the courage to um, talk about the abuse that they faced too and that was incredibly strong and brave of her because of the consequences that she would face and um, she was supported by Rose McGowan you know who was the other um, right. 
activist um, and uh, victim of Weinstein. Now, uh, the New York Times reported last month that after publicly accusing Harvey Weinstein of rape, Asia Argento made a deal with a young actor, Jimmy Bennett, who accused who had accused her of sexual assault. Now, he is 22 years old, but at the time of the assault, he was only 17, and she was 42. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So when I read this, I was quite horrified because um, Asia Argento is also was dating Anthony Bourdain. Um, and if you guys remember, he was the celebrity chef that actually committed suicide a couple of months ago. So... Obviously, you know, I was very shocked by this because he was an avid supporter of hers. You know, he was by her side throughout mm. this. And when this whole thing came out, I just felt so f***ed up. I felt like betrayed and confused. And I'm like, why? why? Why are they trying to derail the movement? Like, what is going on? Yeah. So anyway, for those of you who don't know what exactly happened. So <clears throat> the, the New York Times actually received information anonymously through an encrypted file. Okay. And this is the information, I think it showed the court documents or something about the settlement of the money, basically, that she paid to keep, the hush money she paid to keep this whole thing uh, under wraps. But there was a photo that was attached to this um, information that they received that had the two of them possibly naked in, in bed. You can't really see much, mm -hmm. but like she's, you can't see anything from like, you know, they look like they're naked, basically, but you can't see her boobs or anything. But I mean, I was just really, really upset by all of this when I read it. And so the New York Times wrote this whole article, you know, about these accusations. And Asia Argento just replied swiftly and, and completely denied every single thing that happened. Uh, so I'm just going to read mm -hmm. uh, what she had said, okay? Okay. Uh, she said, I strongly deny and oppose the contents of the New York Times article dated 20th August 2018, as circulated also in national and international news. I am deeply shocked and hurt by having read news that is absolutely false. I have never had any sexual relationship with Jimmy Bennett. I was linked to him during several years by friendship only, which ended then, subsequent to my exposure in the Weinstein case. Jimmy Bennett was then undergoing severe economic problems and had previously undertaken legal actions against his own family, requesting millions in damages, unexpectedly made an exorbitant request of money from me. Bennett knew my boyfriend, Anthony Bourdain, was a man of great perceived wealth and had his own reputation as a beloved public figure to protect. Hmm. So apparently, I guess, Anthony Bourdain gave his own money to as hush money for this whole thing, which makes me feel even more upset. But then, what happened, Papu? There was like a... None. I mean, twist. it gets even crazier, right? This whole thing is just a more twist. And, you know, the tale gets even more twisted over here and... Um before I go any further, just want to put like a trigger warning because um, if you're triggered by rape or... Sexual rape, assault. Yeah, sexual assault. Um, there will be some in the content that we mention ahead. So, you know, Rain Dove, uh, who is a model... I love that name. Yeah, I know, right? So hippie. So... Rain Dove. All right. So Rain happens to be dating Rose McGowan and... Rain sent, uh, made public a text message that was exchanged between them and Asia to the police. And in this text message, mm -hmm. Asia said that she had sexual relationship with Jimmy Bennett in 2013. And the text message, mm -hmm. yes, so it, uh, the plot thickens. 
Uh, the message... She straight up just lied. Yes. Uh, so she says on the text message, it wasn't rape, but I was frozen. He was on top of me. After he told me I had been his sexual fantasy since 12. So the, the public knows no, nothing, only what the NYT uh, wrote, which is one-sided. The horny kid jumped me. Okay, so this message... The horny kid jumped me. ...says basically that this guy kind of came on to her and was not able to do anything else to prevent that. First of all, why are you... Okay, I get it. They had a professional relationship. He was underage. Isn't, like, a parent supposed to be there when a minor is, you know, in the room with an adult? Like, there's no reason for you to be alone in the room with a, a teen unless they're, like, your... If you're a teacher or a family member. I don't know. Just like, first of all, have, have you seen his photo, Papu? Have you seen what Jimmy Bennett looks like? He doesn't even look like he's 22. He literally looks like he's 12, which is so, so disgusting. That is true. I mean, it's, it, the whole thing just has yeah. me so upset and disgusted and repulsed and and confused. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are also like, well, you know, like, I think there's that double standard, right? Like, can a, can a boy... Can a man boy experience sexual assault? Can they? Yeah. Can this? Can this dynamic really work? And you know, I mean, of course, as you can see in this case, this boy was traumatized by what happened to him. That's right. So, um, before we go any further, yeah. uh, before we discuss any further, I want to read a response from Tarana Burke, who is the woman that actually created the Me Too hashtag, and she started this whole movement. She tweeted in response to all this. Um, she said, I have repeatedly said that the Me Too movement is for all of us, including these brave young men who are now coming forward. Mm-hmm. It will continue to be jarring when we hear the names of some of our favorites connected to sexual violence unless we shift from talking about individuals and begin to talk about power. Hmm. Sexual violence is about power and privilege. That doesn't change if the perpetrator is your favorite actress, activist, or professor of any gender. Hmm. That is true. Hmm. What do you think? What's your opinion, Papu, on this whole thing? Just like a movement and just like you have this, um, uh, you know, in Hindi movies, you have the, uh, what do you call the tarazu of uh, justice. (laughs) So the person is blind. So justice is blind. So it doesn't look at who is it, if it's the person who started the movement or is uh, the key activist behind a movement. Uh, It should be blind in terms of doling out consequences to them regardless of uh, their status, their sex or anything. And what you said correctly in the beginning uh, that you know, sexual assault cannot just happen um, for towards women. It can happen to men also. It's all about power play and right. not using c- consent correctly. I mean, she was 42. 42. That's far, far too old to mess around with a 17-year-old. It's just upsetting. There is me. also a thing about power, which is beyond the age. It's also you know, she's more successful than this guy too, right? Right. And using your power and influence to kind of coerce someone. So that is messed up too. He doesn't know. His brain isn't fully developed. You are the adult in that situation. You're supposed to be the one to push the kid away and be like, oh my God, where's your mother? (laughs) You know, like, holy you like what is going on like the whole thing is just upsetting and i really hope like this doesn't you know derail the me too movement or have i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people like pointing fingers now and i don't know what but 
anyway, I, I just, I don't know if there's any more twists and turns that are going to come out from this whole mess. But so far, Asia Argento is like completely in hiding. We haven't heard anything from her. Um, I know that CNN uh, in Anthony Bourdain's show, Parts Unknown, there were scenes with Asia Argento in them. They've completely deleted all of them. Okay. So I, th- I think her career is over, mm-hmm. which is great. Just f*** off Asia. Like you don't need to be the face of the movement if this is the shit that you were doing. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway. Right. So guys, yeah. So that was the first Me Too story uh, that we wanted to cover. Now the next one uh, that we wanted to talk about is the comeback stories of all our perpetrators. Um, so to stay within the Me Too movement, uh, Aziz Ansari is back in the spotlight, everyone. Okay. He has announced that he will be performing stand-up comedy shows in Tennessee and South Carolina, and the show is going to be called Aziz Ansari is Working Out New Material. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, can you refresh our listeners really quick on, on what had happened earlier this so, year? Earlier this year, Aziz was accused of sexual misconduct uh, by a 23-year-old photographer from Brooklyn. Now, this woman who was who has remained anonymous and was called Grace detailed the incident in an interview with Babe.net. Uh, Aziz oh. has since been absent from the public eye. He has quietly been returning to the stage for the first time since he was accused of sexual misconduct in January, beginning with some performances in May and earlier this month. Hmm. Now, according to an article in Vulture, someone who saw his show said that he his set kind of focused on jokes about dating, but included no reference to claims that were made against him. Another um, comedian that I also wanted to mention that's a part of this everyday man's favorite comedian, Louis C.K., has also returned to stand up as well. Um, and he was accused of inappropriate behavior. He used to masturbate in front of female comedians. Yeah. And this, this was going around in the comedy circuit for a while, but nobody was seeing anything. But finally, when it came out, he's he said, yes, yes, the stories are true. His show, I think, Netflix special or whatever his show has been put on hiatus. His movie was shelved. A bunch of stuff kind of was put on hold. But but he's sneaking back in. Mm-hmm. So that is happening now. So Aziz and Louis C.K. and a bunch of other comedians are trying to like get back into the spotlight. So, um, yeah, Papu, what the f*** is going on? Do they even deserve redemption? But also, should I even be lumping Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. in the same boat? Are they even the same type of... Uh, do they deserve the same treatment? How should I treat Aziz's comeback versus Louis's comeback? Talk to me. What do you think? That is an interesting question because um, I feel that uh, redemption, when you talk about redemption, there is also, there has to be talk about repartitions and what are they doing to redeem themselves. Um, over here, we're seeing that uh, he, Aziz and Sari's flat out refused to talk about anything. If you really want to redeem yourself, you have to better yourself. And that does not mean like not talk about things and erasing that as part of your behavior, Mm -hmm. but starting a conversation and seeing how you can actually affect change, not just in yourself, but among people around you by starting a conversation in an intelligent way. That is where redemption takes place is. Right. uh, And also as uh, audience, it depends on us if we want to forgive them. But you will always find people who are ready to forgive, people who are 
kind of always been supporters throughout this whole ordeal and refused to see any other story or they're the ones who are standing up and giving standing ovations when these people walk back on stage uh, like as if nothing ever happened so it you know for me personally i would treat these people as just i would treat an ex-boyfriend you know at one point i may have loved them you know i would have totally hung to every word they said but things change and now I would just walk past them if they're uh, you know doing something amazing I do not I don't even care to because I'm not interested you know I have right. there are other people who think deserve my attention who deserve um, you know um, I would throw the spotlight on them when I'm talking about their art their craft uh, what they're working on because you know like the beauty about um, being and creating art in current day is the internet. There, there's so many other people right. more deserving that you'll find, and it's 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 easy to shift your focus. But people should choose for themselves, and um, but definitely redemption requires a, a much more effort on the part of these who stand accused. What what I really um, what really has me upset is why are we more concerned with the abusers and their careers moving forward and not more concerned about the victims and their mental yeah. health and how they are moving their lives forward you know i'm i'm more concerned with that and that's why i'm just like oh, do we really want to see like apparently lewis ck cracked some weird like um abortion i don't know some weird like jokes sexist jokes where like the women in the audience were visibly upset but the men thought it was funny so they were saying like there's different reactions from the male crowd versus the female crowd so but lewis ck's target audience has always been you know uh, the 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 bros but like the bros that are like the nice guy bros you know like me i'm just a nice guy i'm just just me i'm just an everyday joe except i like to you know pull my like to think of themselves exactly yeah like that's the thing and i'm like i'm like you have two daughters you piece of shit like louis ck keeps preaching about his two daughters and then it's for him to all about power and what you can get away with that is exhilarating that i can do Mm. something so outrageous so outrageous and no one can lay a finger on me so that is exhilarating. Imagine it, that's abusing your power. What about Aziz Ansari, though? Do you think, um, what's your opinion on him making his comeback? How do we shift around his narrative? Because I feel like his story was a little different. It, it was, right? again, uh, a different power play, but same thing where a woman was made to feel uncomfortable. The only reason we know this story is because um, this woman went public with her story. Uh, I would not think that this is an isolated case because it never is Uh, there would have been other cases also where he would have engaged in such behavior and uh, it Mm. stems again from uh, a much um, wrong way of thinking on their part when they think they can get away with this by being not very nice to women Uh, and now it comes to a time where they have to face consequences for their action and uh, 
people are like, yeah, let's, you know, let's forgive them. We're very fast in forgiving people because we think that their art is above everything. Male comedians, I think, get more of a forgiving, uh, are forgiven much more than women. Like I know recently Samantha Bee and Kathy Griffin, those other two American comedians, yeah. have to still keep apologizing over and over and over for what had happened. If you guys don't remember, Kathy Griffin posed with a photograph of a headless or of, a, of the head of Donald Trump all bloody. And yeah. she did this like shock kind of photograph and she's still kind of being punished for that and then Samantha B who's another comedian called someone a feckless c-word on her show oh is that a wrong thing I mean she's still apologizing for that you know um but these guys haven't really acknowledged like small things exactly it's small things (laughs) the repercussions are much harder like can you imagine like if there was a female comedian who would just start masturbating in front of people like the kind of stories that people would that the media would lap up you know so i think we're yeah. we're quick to defend the male comedians much more than the women but sorry no, i didn't no. mean to interrupt you um, you, were, you were on that's it that's well said and you're right it's um i i honestly don't know what's wrong with samantha b's case i i don't think i mean what's wrong about calling someone a feckless c- i don't know she did it on her show and she did it to somebody that was really i don't remember i think she called like trump's uh, the woman who speaks for trump or whatever she called her i don't even remember mm-hmm. what it was but okay. it, that's the thing it's like women are meant to are held to these very ridiculously high standards and i feel like yeah. the, the men are held to no standards <laughs> like no none so, so the bar is so low that nobody even cares but it's but I can't yeah. even I I feel weird about Aziz Ansari because I was a very big fan of him and his comedy and I was so happy for him, mm. but now I it, it's exactly like you said he's like that weird ex boyfriend like my rose colored glasses are off and all I can see now is this awkward dude who's probably really bad in bed, <laughs> like really bad in bed and compensates for it with with his humor and comedy and now I cannot mm. look back from that. <laughs> I, but talking about guys who are bad in bed and awkward. Uh, and kind of have use humor. I kind of dig them, but not this guy, no. But all right, guys. Well, you heard it on just keep up right here. Uh, yeah, have faith in the fact that there are people, women out there, who kind of find that endearing and would take you. So send in your applications, uh, and we'll match you up. So Papu, wow, <laughs> that's nice. Are you speaking from experience here? No, just I'm not. <laughs> uh, but. You you know me. And, Be like uh, I didn't come, but at least I'm laughing out loud. <laughs> but you know me. For me, humor is always something that I find very attractive. Not for me, guys. I need a nice, luscious butt and a big, hairy chest. That's <laughs> it. Anyway, um, so nice. All right, so that's it for these. Let's jump to the next story. Um, Papu, can we have some more uplifting news, please? Something can we can we have something more fun coming right up. So next on uh, moving on to much lighter topics, uh, sweetie, have you had a chance to check out the new September issue of the American Vogue magazine? Oh my God, darling. Yes, I have. The September issue of Vogue, by the way, is not only important for just Vogue. It's for all fashion mag- magazines in the industry. Uh, the summer holidays are over and the seasons are changing and the mindsets are changing. So September is considered mm. the period of reinvention and rejuvenation. So these fashionistas tend to view September as the time for change and the time to reinvent themselves and express it 
through clothing, which is why the September issue is usually very important. The when it comes to fashion, the September issue is uh, something that there's also a documentary called the September issue, and it's always been like a watermark. It kind of tells people what to what trends to look out for. It's especially has been important for uh, designers and high high street brands because that kind of marks what to look out for. It sets the mood, basically. And, uh, you know, Vogue has a hundred-year history, and what is really remarkable is that it uh, has taken them 82 years. Now, but it started in 1892. 82 years since then, uh, Beverly Johnson was, uh, in fact, the first black model to grace the cover, and 15 years after her, Naomi Campbell uh, graced the the cover of the September issue. Now, since Naomi Campbell's September issue, which was in 1989, I mean, how old were you, by the way? Five. Sweetie, Five. In 1989. Yeah. So I was like four. Yeah. So only three women oh, have uh, of color since then have... Can you imagine? Like, so imagine in mm. our our whatever years, uh, it's just been three times that the September issue has had women of color. So there was Halle Berry in 2010. Then there was Joan Smalls, who actually shared the cover with Cara Devine and Carly Kloss in 2014. And then Beyonce in 2015. That's it. So Slim pickings with Vogue, American Vogue. They are not very uh, up for diversity. But what makes this particular September issue mm. so like remarkable and important? Uh, it does mark the return of Queen Bey, Queen Beyonce. Uh, she is back for this mm-hmm. issue of September. But what makes it really, really awesome, not only is it a representation, but this also m- marks like a first time behind the scenes moment where a African-American photographer covered the whole shoot. Like this is history. There's never, ever been an entire style shoot done just by one African-American photographer. So that was very, very big. So, so Beyonce mm. kind of brought in the September issue with beautiful photos of hers by this amazing young photographer. So this magazine, this photo shoot was commissioned by 23-year-old photographer Tyler Mitchell. Now he became famous after he uh, covered the... Parkland students, those young kids that were part of the shooting that happened just two months ago. Remember that girl with the... So she had the shaved head. I don't remember her name. So he did some very powerful photographs. Uh, Yes, her. So he did very powerful photographs of those uh, kids, you know, very amazing. So Beyonce, that's that's the same photographer that Beyonce picked to do this photo shoot. Okay. So basically, Beyonce just uh, and Anna Wintour, we all know who's the queen of American Vogue, basically handed over the keys to Beyonce and her photographer and gave them full control over this photo shoot. Yeah. Anyway, um, I want to read something from the article directly. Um, where uh, Beyonce actually talks about why uh, she picked Tyler as her photographer. Um, Right. So she says, Until there is a mosaic of perspectives coming from different ethnicities behind the lens, we will continue to have a narrow approach and view of what the world actually looks like. 
That is why I wanted to work with this brilliant 23-year-old photographer, Tyler Mitchell. Until the folks in power begin to hire and cast people who don't look exactly, who don't exactly look, sound, and come from the same places as them, uh, they will never have a greater understanding of experiences different from their own. They will hire the same models, curate the same art, cast the same actors over and over again, and we will all lose. That is powerful. I love it. I feel like we have a theme running in our Ajka Kabutar this episode. <laughs> or like a whole like color colorism representation diversity theme. Kya baat hai? And uh, I, actually, you know, personally, I feel like Teen Vogue is way um, progressive than uh, Vogue. Guys, go grab your issue of September Vogue with Beyonce. Find it, frame it, put it on the wall because she looks gorgeous as always. We have just a last segment before we wrap up and... This is yes. my favorite part because I have so much Ooh. to know from you because I've been out of the loop. All right. So we will be doing a TV show and a film roundup. Ooh, sounds like fun, Papu. Uh, I'm very excited because I feel that, you know, summertime, we didn't really have much to watch. Yeah. I just feel like summertime is, there's nothing, there's maybe some summer blockbusters in the movie theaters. But there's nothing really going on on TV, so yeah. that has kind of sucked. So with fall, you have the new fall lineup of shows and uh, also shows that are ending uh, for the summer TV lineup. And so, sweetie, can you tell us about some of the shows that you watched or would want to share and talk about? Yeah, this is how I spend my summer. I mean, basically, I love sometimes like just chilling and binge watching something on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And I really couldn't find anything. So I was, you know, really navigating through the Netflix landscape. Mm -hmm. uh, I came across this, uh, some really good home and design shows. That's what I watched. Very, very cheesy. Ooh, and uh, can you tell us why this uh, interest in home and design? Because I don't know. I love... I, I see I'm just been I've mentioned this before I've been instilled with that value of having a very amazing looking house like my parents for some reason that is feel true. like it's very important that your house represents you express yourself through your house you know like your furniture and everything so I love watching home and design shows it's so inspiring for me and I love working mm. through spaces and and don't just buy generic furniture you know from Ikea like actually take the time to build your own furniture refurbish it I really appreciate that yeah. stuff. And this is for everyone to know. Uh, by the way, sweetie, her home is so cozy. And I love the way you've kind of framed pictures and all the art. It just fe feels very, very small and cozy. And I'm totally for spaces which are small and feel comfortable. Uh, and actually, here's a... a um, a revelation about me also that I when I go to a mall I am someone who who walks into a furnishing furnishing and furniture store because I just love looking around at things not because me I'm too. buying anything uh, I don't know what it is I think it's maybe nesting instinct where you want to it's definitely our nesting instinct you yeah. know, you just want to sit on the couch and be like, this is my home now. Yeah. This is this little showroom right here. This is where I will live. <laughs> it's like, it's like amazing. You know, I love, I love that stuff. I love going to showrooms as well. As much as I hate buying Ikea furniture because it's, you know, breaks in two weeks. Um, I just love going to Ikea and just sitting in their showrooms are amazing, right? Like the way yeah. they set up everything. That oh God, so I just want to live there. <laughs> 
But then another thing I watched um, this summer, or I'm still watching, is the comic stun on Amazon Prime. Have you checked that out, Papu? I have heard of it, but uh, can you tell our listeners more about that? What is what is comic stun? So if you guys have Amazon Prime, you can actually binge watch the whole season. It's like a reality show, and it has all the famous Indian comedians like Kanan Gill, um, you know. Uh, Kenny Sebastian and all those other YouTube guys actually are there. And I okay. remember earlier this year and end of last year, they were going around on YouTube and selecting comedians from all over the world. Like there were people coming in from America, people coming in from the Middle East and they auditioned. And I think they, they selected like 20 of them and they, they trained them. So okay. each episode, one comedian, one famous comedian will take the group and have them act out like, you know, observational comedy or improv comedy. It's so good. Okay. So, so good, Papu. There's so much funny talent in India. It's unfair. The women are hilarious. Hilarious. There's this one girl that basically uh, came from a village somewhere in Punjab and she's talking about moving to Bombay and the way she describes she when she sees a d*** for the first time, it's so f- funny because she totally has that accent like hi oh, yeah. then you know i was in bombay and i'm like what are the kids here doing oh, i guess they're having sex okay i'll also have sex like it's just so, so good so i definitely recommend that as well um Mm-hmm. And another thing I finished watching this summer was Sharper Objects, which you recommended me, to me, Papu. Ooh. Did you end up finishing that? It's over, by the way. The season no, ended. No, I'm just, uh, I'm on the third episode, so no spoilers. <laughs> uh, it was too hard for me to watch. Me too. I, I kind of, like, yeah. yeah. Because, okay, trigger alert. Trigger warning. Yeah, it has cutting and... It stuff. has a lot of self-harm, and even I had trouble getting through it, so I would leave it on in the background, but it had a good uh, ending, with solid twist, so guys, definitely check out Sharp Objects. It's on HBO, so, you know, you can find a way to watch it, you know, you know, you have ways. Um, and then finally, there's a show that I'm yeah. watching right now that is also available on Canadian and American Netflix, not sure if it's in Indian Netflix, it's called The Sinner. Papu, you have to check this out. Ooh, who's you, in it? Oh, it's called Jessica Beal. I don't know if she's Justin Timberlake's wife. Okay. Um, I haven't seen her yeah. in, in a while, but it has the president from the Independence Day movie. He's like the main guy in it. He's like a downtrodden cop. Okay, I don't remember who that is. Don't you remember the guy who gave the Independence cool. Day speech? Bill Pullman or Bill Bill, Bill Pullman, I think. He was great. He was a great American president in Independence Day. I loved him. He was there with Will Smith and shit and the other guy. Anyway, uh, he plays like a deadbeat, mm. downtrodden cop. Uh, and he's basically solving the crime of of saving this girl. The show starts with her basically going up to a random guy on the beach and stabbing him in the neck. And then she's in prison. Wow. And then you then the whole show Damn. is to figure out why she did that. Because she even can't figure out why she did that. It's so good. So good. That's so cool. But I know yeah. that you have not been catching up on any shows, but you have been binging on some other stuff this summer, Papu. What what has been on your list? Share with us. I have uh, been um, binging on this anime Nerd called Alert. Attack on Titan. Nerd Alert. Sorry, go on. Attack on Titan. What is this? It's actually based on a manga, but uh, it's about um, this village, this city, this country. I don't know. It's this huge city which is covered, surrounded by three walls. And uh, outside the walls, it's very mysterious. There, The walls are supposed Ooh. to keep the residents inside, within the walls, safe from these giant humanoids who are called titans and these titans basically eat people they're but they're not like 
Yeah, so they're like these huge humanoids who are naked, but they don't have any sexual organs. They uh, interesting. Yeah, they they you know some of them are kind of abnormal in sense they kind of walk and run around in that mindless fashion. Their only thing is they they eat humans. And uh, there's something mysterious that is happening outside the walls because of which uh, a giant titan, it starts off with uh, this giant appearing out of nowhere, um, making ah. a giant hole into the wall because of which, um, you know, people, everyone inside the, the military and everyone is scrambling to uh, cover the hole and then starts like the journey of the the main protagonist and his friends. So there is a lot of strategy going on. There's a lot of mind games. So it kind of feels like a little, I mean, for want of a better example, Game of Thrones-ish. That is exactly what my fiance described it as because he's trying to, he's like you, he's like, you have to watch it. And I'm like, I don't want to. And he's like, it's like Game of Thrones. And I'm like, ugh, sorry, <laughs> go on. Yes. So, yeah, I've, heard, so I've heard this it is. I mean, because that's the only easy example you can kind of grab at and tell someone who uh, is not aware of what this is about. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I have uh, been enjoying it. I know. And, and, and people who watch Attack of Titan, like, are diehard. Like, my fiancé, every time he comes out from the room watching an episode, he's, like, grabbing his head, like, oh, my God. Oh, and my I'm God. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've turned into that person who, like, uh, shouts at my screen. Like, I've not done that, but I'm like, no way because you know the kind of deaths that happen it's so unexpected there are people that you think are primary like key characters they're just dying off um, so yeah but it is pretty gory for uh, I don't think I've watched uh, anime as gory as this uh, so it just took me by surprise by the level of gore that was in this and I loved it so <laughs> I love it I mean um, I, it's on season three, so I, I kind of started on, it, and, uh, because of this, partly because of this anime, I actually had to go to a chiropractor because of the stress, uh, and I would just... Wait, 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 of the stress of Attack on Titan, or what stress? Partly that, about? and other things which were stressful, but every time I would watch the okay. show, I would feel like my neck getting too stiff, and, um... When I went to my chiropractor and uh, I was talking to her and she's like, okay, now I'm curious, what show are you watching? And I started saying that <laughs> the show and check this out. Turns out she is a giant nerd. She ended up giving me, uh, you know, suggestions of other animes that I should read. So now I have three uh, mobile apps just dedicated to different mangas that I'm reading and some so uh, Korean uh, anime, uh, like, light-hearted mangas which are so i've been binging on those oh the sapiosexual in you is getting nourished just lapping up all this yeah it's very cool Papu. so it's just been like an anime summer for you huh yeah so if uh, you That's guys nice. have any suggestions um please send them across our way mine and sweetie's way absolutely please please do um and there's a lot of new shows uh starting up again this fall the fall lineup is getting ready to go mm -hmm. uh, so i just want to mention what we can look forward to in terms of tv uh the new season of insecure some of our favorites Ooh, insecure is back with isa ray oh my god i watched the first episode last night and it was it delivered it did not disappoint music was amazing i loved it oh my god is it started already oh, it I has have to. Uh, for you guys, uh, if you haven't checked out Insecure, please watch it. 
please, it's so, so good. Uh, and the music, by the way, is curated by Solange Knowles, who's Beyonce's sister. So let's just say Ooh, that it's, it's very high-end. Um, and Papu, I think you'd mm. be excited by this. The new American horror story, Apocalypse, is going to be starting. Have you checked out any of the trailers? Uh, no, I have not. But I know that you are a bigger fan of American horror story. I'm kind of late to the party. No, no, no. You are, <laughs> okay. a, you are a bigger fan of American Horror Story. I'm I'm the one who's scared easily, remember? Like, I, I look forward oh. to it. I usually end up watching the first episode of every season, and then I get so scared, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't do this. Never mind. But you actually watch everything till the end, right? Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. Um, and last year's was pretty close and too soon because it, it kind of dealt with oh, the Trump, whole uh, right? presidential... Ugh. Uh, election and um it yeah i think it was it was too soon because it was too real it was yeah it's not escapist enough you need to completely eject us from this crazy reality True. for us to yeah uh, but the new season is called apocalypse i think it has something to do with like end times but like like the demon baby being born like from uh what's it called nine six 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 don't you guys know damien the damien the, that movie oh my god the omen the omen yeah it's supposed to be inspired by the omen Ooh, thank you i would like that yeah definitely that is escapist for me i've yeah. seen the omen and it is terrifying it is so scary so i'm terrified to watch this uh, american horror story season but i'm still gonna watch it because it looks amazing um and also papu the final season of crazy ex-girlfriend is airing i'm so sad okay i'm happy to see the return of um uh, rachel bloom but again, I'm sad because this is the f- season finale, yes. like the final season. Yes. So I hope things end well with her. Yeah, it's one of the most real depictions of mental illness on TV that we have ever seen. And it's been handled so yeah. delicately and so well. And I'm very excited for her career. I look forward to seeing what else Rachel Bloom will do after this season ends, exactly. after the show ends. Because uh, I know she's got a lot of talent. There's a lot in her that's still dying and to come out. What I like about the show is the representation, you know. So you have not just representation in terms of ethnicity, also size. Um, I don't know if there are any disabled people on the show. No, I don't think so. That's something that we have yet to see on TV. Uh, Papu, were you a fan of Charmed in the 90s, 2000s? Oh my God, yes. That had Rose McGowan yes. and it had... Uh, it had two other white girls that I can't remember, but it was a really fun show about these sisters who were witches, basically. I used to like the the opening credit song, which is like very Evanescent style. <laughs> um, they're rebooting the show, Papu, and I'm excited because it seems to be a bunch of brown Ooh. brown girls. All I saw was Latina women, Hispanic, so I was very, very excited okay. by that. Yeah. So there's going to be a Charmed reboot. A lot of people are upset, but I'm excited because I loved Charmed. I like witches. I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm very excited by that. Yeah. And uh, also, guys, if you have Netflix, uh, Hassan Minaj. Uh, he was the comedian who had who was on the Daily Show as well, and he also gave a really good speech at the White House Correspondents' Dinner in 2017 to Obama. Um, so he's leaving the okay. Daily Show and he's going to start his own weekly comedy show about politics on Netflix. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I just hope it's not going to be. I mean, I guess it's just going to be American politics. It'd be nice if he covered like international and maybe some Desi as well or something. I don't. That know. would be cool. Yeah. So by the way, I did not know who this person was until I googled him. And man, he is good 
ഇൻക്രെഡിബ്ലി അഗ്ലി ഐ ഡോ നോ വൈ പീപ്പിൾ തിങ്ക് ഹീസ് അട്രാക്റ്റീവ് ഹീസ് 
really he looks like a vulture to me that's just yeah i'm sorry like if there's no hot guys that i find attractive and like no black people i'm not interested uh this other movie that caught my eye uh just because it looked interesting okay so it stars shraddha kapoor and rajkumar rao oh. who is everybody's uh you know favorite uh um alternative mm. hero he's the new it boy yeah because he's very unhero like you might have remembered him from uh, queen where he plays uh, kangana ranaut's uh, oh, fiance right. so uh, this is like the little blurb that you see online and it looks interesting so it's um, it's three it translates to woman and a town is held in the grip of terror by tales of a mysterious woman who calls men Ooh. by their name and then abducts them leaving their clothes behind <gasps> what Ooh. i've never heard what is this this is what the hell this sounds amazing and then go on go on i'm very captivated <laughs> well that's it that's that's the blurb and you know it looks very intriguing oh i like it i like shraddha kapoor uh, i don't know so much it's about... a comedy horror oh it's a comedy so it is a horror oh my okay fine i'll watch it i'll yeah. watch it but i'll laugh at the same time while i watch it so i kind of i don't i don't know if it's going to be like go go on kind of comedy horror or what so um definitely going to check this movie out looks really interesting yeah. so like kind of campy at the same time that's really cool yeah awesome that yeah. that sounds exciting okay i'm looking forward to that and that is also, that has also come out last weekend as well so that is really yeah. really cool so how exciting i like that i want to see more movies that are not about love stories from bollywood please hmm. lord please another movie that i'm very excited that's supposed to be like huge that's coming up is called thugs of hindustan which is an amir khan movie okay and it has it has amir khan Ooh. and amitabh bachchan what is it going to be like that's huge gangs of wasepur style i think so it's supposed to be based on a novel called the confessions of a thug that came out in 1839 okay. so it was a very long time ago the publicity for this movie has been going on for so long and everyone's really really hyped up for it so that's supposed to be coming out later this year and it also has okay. oh god it all has, it also has katrina kaif in it ugh um so <laughs> god they like what's the whitest actress we can put in a, in a movie and what really irritates me like is this going to be like one of those movies that's supposed to be about you know india during the the british revolution or whatever and then they then they're going to put like the lightest skinned indian actress in the role like we're supposed to fucking believe that <laughs> so yeah those are the two uh, those are that's our list of movies that are that we are kind of looking forward to mm-hmm. uh, seeing three sounds very exciting um, i can't wait to actually see that i like i like those kind of movies a lot um but one thing that has me totally irked is pappu their their sequels coming out now in bollywood this is a thing now we're doing the sequels oh my god well Yeah, we have had the likes of Golmal and uh, Doom and oh, right. I don't know, man. Right. Race, yeah. race, race. That's race. true. We've always oh, done sequels. We keep coming up with new ones. Uh, so yeah. there's going to be a student of the year part two. So I was very like, wait, so oh are, are all the students still students? Because they, they don't look like students anymore. But then I read that uh, Tiger Sharoff is going to be in the movie. So it makes sense. Oh, by the way, I've seen the poster for this and he is so jacked up. I have not seen one student who's that jacked up. And I studied in Bombay. So by the way, no. college kids are guys especially as conny lanky yes. and no they're not that jacked up that's true that's so true i feel like they see boys like until they get well into their like late 20s 30s do they not like beef up a little yeah working on my fitness 
is my witness well they get that like that that thicky thick thick indian bod doesn't come in until for a while it stays lanky you're right in the early 20s like they seem in a very lanky looking yeah then it becomes all triangular where their shoulders become like all jacked up and their waist and butt is like so small existent it's like it's like johnny bravo yeah you boys listen papu and i are all about the booty okay boys so you work <laughs> on those please thank you anyway and then the <laughs> next sequel that's happening is uh Oh god as robot i guess the one with rajnikanth so there's okay. there's one called 2.0 i saw the poster it totally weirded wow. me out uh, it has a picture of rajnikanth oh and akshay kumar staring at each other so oh, no. uh, okay so i'm actually genuinely afraid of rajnikanth fans um so i'm not going to say anything more because <laughs> rajnikanth fans scare me a little like they're like salman khan fans you just don't want to mess with them yeah rabid yes and i'm just going to point out that he's maharashtrian and that's it all right moving on um <laughs> so this movie looks like it's going to be really bad but i think it's going to be a huge hit I, akshay kumar is i guess playing mm-hmm. a villain he looks like um, mr freeze when arnold schwarzenegger was in that batman Ooh. movie so it kind of reminded me of Actually, that you know i'm very impressed with uh, akshay kumar's choice of movie no. He's like he's really he did Batman then there was Gold um and uh, I'm just going to interject Mekhiladi Tonadi in there for you to refresh your memory well, you know each of us are mm-hmm. have our very bad pasts that we're trying to cover Papu up. is much more redeeming than I am I can't stand Akshay Kumar and his gums every time he smiles I just want to like smash his teeth and okay sorry that was very mean I don't notice it at all like I liked Hera Feri Hera Feri was you good know, everybody was liked Hera Feri that movie does not count do not use that as an example <laughs> at all well then you can't shut up okay <laughs> So one of okay. the things that totally got on my nerves is so the actress that's supposed to be in this movie they don't even hide it they straight up got a white girl <laughs> straight up she's oh straight God. up pakka from the colonial <laughs> colonizers motherland from Britain I love that like this is totally like a, again sorry to all the Rajnikanth fans that are going to come at me with pickaxes but Rajnikanth has a history of only putting white and light-skinned women in his movies which is very disturbing to me. So this girl her name is Amy Jackson and I guess they're talking about how amazing she is because she mm. like learned to speak. I think the movie's in Telugu or whatever but basically they're like commending her for speaking so well in Telugu and oh my god she's a model first of all she's not even an actress. <laughs> but yeah so I'm not looking oh forward God. to this movie okay. and this again comes back to that first thing that Papu and I were talking about in this episode the f- light skin preferential treatment like there's so many f- beautiful south indian actresses you can cast in this role and yet you pick some white chick from the uk seriously amy jackson yeah yeah <sighs> all right anyway that's well. my spiel um on that mm. so yeah so guys you have a lot to look forward to this 2018 lots of tv and movies uh, coming your way for the fall season um before we wrap up the episode let's take a really quick break music break and we will be right back kitties guys so we yep. are at the final part of our episode um 
I just wanted to sh- say that Danny Puri should hopefully be here next episode. Danny Puri, the actor from Community, who's going to be on our show soon. I'm just chasing his agent. I have he has to he has to book us in his schedule, so therefore we cannot go by the Just Keep Up schedule because he's coming out in a with a movie uh, yeah. very soon where he's going to play the lead role, and it has some of the actors from Crazy Rich Asians in it. So oh it's going to be God. very hype. So we'll be pro- he'll be here yeah. on the show promoting his movie. So we just have to work around his schedule. Um, but before we wrap up, Papu, uh, let's give a quick shout out to a few people do you want to take the uh, yep. reins on this so before we wrap up uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out and a congratulations to the winners at the asia games cup that took place in indonesia this year and uh, the fact Ooh. yes the fact that so many winners are from india and most of them are women so big thumbs up and Congratulations. Congratulations, everybody. This is amazing. Just uh, so some of the top winners in this were the Indian women's hockey team won silver. Uh, I asked, did you know that uh, hockey is our national sport and not cricket? So This is news to me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. I thought it would be Kabaddi, actually. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> actually, Kabaddi is a tournament game. Like, it's. Oh yeah, and it's good. I've, I've watched it. It's actually quite fun to watch. Anyway, all right, yeah. next. And uh, the men's table tennis uh, brought the bronze medal for the first time ever. So Ooh, I think we beat Korea. I, heard, I know that the Koreans are really good at table tennis, so this is awesome. Woo, woo, yeah, woo. this is this is big because you should see the Chinese and uh, the uh, South yeah. Koreans play because they're really yeah. good at it. Okay, Swapna Barman became the first Indian heptathlete to win an Asian heptathlete. I think that means that she has not five toes, but six toes on her feet. That's what that means. Apart from the fact that she has six toes on both her feet, she's battled severe toothache during the event and competed with a tape on her right cheek. Even then, she produced her career's best performance by scoring 6,026 points from the seven events. So she won gold, everybody. Yeah, she gold, won gold. Okay, this is amazing. Like all everything that she was like that was going against her with her toothache and stuff, she still managed yeah. to kill it. Wow. And PV Sidhu created history, courtesy just winning the semi-final against Japan's Akane Yamaguchi. She became the first ever Indian to enter the finals of a badminton event at the Asian Games. So that's. Big win. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Nargis Hamdidullah won the bronze medal for Pakistan at the Asian Games in karate. Mm. And so the Pakistan Karate Federation gave a huge welcome in her honor because she's the first ever Pakistani sportswoman to win a bronze medal in this event. So, again, a lot mm. of firsts. We're very proud of you, Nargis. Wow. Finally, Neeraj Chopra made history after winning the country's first gold medal in the javelin throw. Uh, but the internet was not just celebrating his victory. There's, they were also celebrating a viral image of him shaking hands with Pakistan's Arshad Nadeem, who won the bronze medal at the same event. Ah, that makes me so happy. We need more positive imagery like this of good sportsmanship. Good, good sportsmanship yeah. between our... And uh, that's a lot of goals, huh? So lot of top wins. I know. It's really, really exciting, especially knowing that how, 
like our our Indian uh, sportsmen don't get any kind of funding or yeah. proper like you know money to help them that get the right coaching that they need. So in spite of that, for being able to win gold is just uh, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Despite all the hardships that they have to face uh, in practicing and getting better at their sport. It, it they managed to make these wins which is really remarkable so yeah yes so big shout out to all these winners um congratulations and yeah very excited so that's it papadi that's it papu you have to go to bed because tomorrow you got to wake up and face your new life as a badass b- are you excited i'm excited uh nervous and excited more <laughs> yeah i'll keep you guys updated on how things go but uh, yeah that's it from us and um, i hope you guys enjoyed yes and that was uh, we will be back in 2 weeks uh, with another episode with may or may not have dani pudi but just follow us on social media to stay tuned and you know for the updates and everything we'll keep you posted on that so all right guys have a wonderful fall season you know uh, remember to warm up it's kind of chilly outside and yep. yeah we'll see you all in 2 weeks Hello darlings bye This is Papu the other half of Chuski Bob if you like what you hear then give us a follow on Twitter Instagram and Facebook Listen to us on your favorite podcast app anywhere in the world and for just a donation of 1 US dollar a month you can subscribe to us on Patreon and you can get access to exclusive offers discount uncensored episodes and much more and you can also read our rants and daily gyans on chiskipop.com perfect excellent wonderful chalo da itne logo ka khana mujhse nahi banega mehmano ko khush rakhna hai to naukar rakh lo naukar क्यों तुम साफ साफ ये क्यों नहीं कहते कि तुम अपनी पोस्टिंग हमेशा के लिए यहाँ कर लेना चाहते हो देखिए भैया अपनी पोस्टिंग जहाँ भी चाहे ये उनकी मर्जी है इसमें आपको क्या प्रॉब्लम है प्रॉब्लम है क्यों नहीं प्रॉब्लम है तुम दोनों ने मुझे प्रॉब्लम देने की कसम जो खा रखी है देखिए इन्हें मुझे जो कहना ये कह सकती है लेकिन मैं भैया के खिलाफ एक भी लफ्ज बर्दाश्त नहीं करूंगी तू चुप कर हर बात पे टांग जरूरी है आखिर मैं भी यहाँ बैठा हूँ आपके होने या नहीं उसे कुछ फर्क नहीं पड़ता क्या आप उसका मुँह बंद कर सकते हैं नहीं कर सकते आप मुझे मालूम है अगर आप कर सकते ना तो इन्होंने जो भैया के दिल को दुखाने के लिए बात कही है आप उसका जवाब देते मैं नहीं आप सुन अरे मेरी बात तो सुन ओहो तुम्हें उनकी बात पर रिएक्ट नहीं करना चाहिए था चुपचाप खाना खा लेती और फिर लड़ती फिर तो मैं भी तुम्हारा साथ देता मैं भूखे पेट नहीं लड़ सकता देख देख तू रोया मत कर तेरी शक्ल बिगड़ जाती है और देख अब अब सब ठीक हो जाएगा पोस्टिंग के बाद कंपनी की तरफ से मुझे मुझे घर भी मिल जाएगा और फिर मैं तुम्हें यहां से हमेशा के लिए निकालूंगा हमेशा के लिए और फिर एक अच्छा सा लड़का देखकर तुम्हारी शादी भी करा दूंगा तुम्हें भरोसा है ना अपने भाई पर हाँ? अब मुस्कुरा देख बार और देख 
जब तक हमारा सब कुछ ठीक नहीं हो जाता इन लोगों से लड़ने की जरूरत नहीं है हा? कल मुझे अपने एमडी से मिलने जाना है ग्यारह बजे हाँ भैया कल आपका बर्थडे भी है ना क्या गिफ्ट चाहिए आपको मेरे पास मेरी बहन है मुझे कुछ नहीं चाहिए लेकिन मैं तो आपको गिफ्ट दूंगी अरे ओके बाबा ओके <laughs>